Ashley Brock here, reading the fourth book in Lawman of Silver Creek series. And I know what you're hoping. You're hoping the book's name is Mason, but it's not. It's Cad. So this is Ashley Bree reading Dolores Fawson's book, Cad, Chapter 1. Special Agent Cad Ryland raced up the stairs of the Silver Creek Hospital. Whatever was going on, it was bad, no doubt about it. The voice message from his brother had proven that. Get to the hospital now, Grayson had ordered. Since his brother Grayson was the sheriff of Silver Creek, it couldn't be good news. Nor was the fact that Grayson wasn't answering his phone. Probably because he was in the hospital, a dead zone for reception. Cad prayed that someone wasn't hurt or dead, but the odds were that's exactly what had happened. He had four living brothers, three sister-in-laws, two nephews, and a niece. Since all his brothers were in law enforcement and one of his sister-in-laws was pregnant, there were lots of opportunities for things to go wrong. The automatic door switched open and he hurried through, only to set off the metal detector's alarm. Cad mumbled some profanity for the delay. He'd just come from work and was still wearing his sidearm and a shoulder holster concealed beneath his jacket. He also had his backup weapon strapped to his boot. He didn't want to take the time to remove either of them. The uniformed guard practically jumped from the chair where he was reading a, reading a battered copy of the Silver Creek Ledger. His name was Rodney Dawkins, a man that Kate had known his whole life, but then Cad could say that about half the town. The sheriff's waiting for you in the emergency room, Rodney said, waving Cad through the metal detector. His expression was somber, his tone dripped with concern. Oh, man. Cad didn't even take the time to ask Rodney for details, so the man no doubt knew what was going on. He didn't just hurry. Cad ran to the ER. That was the other end of that was at the other end of the building. The hospital wasn't big by anyone's standards, but it seemed to take him an hour to reach the ER. Waiting room. No sign of his brother or any other family member. Cad's heart was pounding now, and his mind was coming up with all sorts of bad scenarios. He'd been an FBI agent for seven years, not nearly as long as his brother's had been in law enforcement, but that was more than long enough to fuel the worst sort of details about what could be wrong. Your brother's in there with Dr. Mickelson, a nurse volunteered as she pointed the way. She too gave him a sympathetic look, which meant he was probably the only person in the whole freaking town who didn't know what the heck was going on. Cad mumbled a thank you to her and hurried into the doctor's office, the first door in the hall just off the waiting room. He tried to brace himself for what he might see, but he hadn't expected to find everything looking so normal. Well, almost. Grayson was indeed there, standing, looking fit as a fiddle, as his granddaddy Chet would have said. He looked as if he usually did in his jeans and crisp white shirt with his badge clipped to his radio belt. Dr. Mickelson, the chief of staff, was there as well, practically elbow to elbow with Grayson. Nothing looked out of the ordinary for him, either. The two had obviously been expecting him. I was in the middle of an arrest when you phoned, Cad st started. That's why your call went straight to voicemail, but I tried to get in touch with you after I got your message. I tried your office, too, and the dispatch clerk said your orders were for me to speak directly to you. What's wrong? Who's hurt? No one's hurt, Grayson said, but then he really shook his head. At least no one that would know about. <laughs> Stepped closer and looked directly into Cad's eyes. His ice gray eyes that were a genetic copy of Cat's hope. Oh yeah? This was bad. And downright confusing. What do you mean by that? Cat asked. Grayson and the doctor exchanged glances.
You'd better sit down. We have something to tell you. The doctor tipped his head to the chair next to his desk, which was cluttered with folders, computer equipment, and papers. The only thing Cat didn't want was to sit. Does someone in the family have cancer or something? Oh, God forbid. Had there been a suicide, it wasn't something the average person would consider high on their list of worries. But since his own mother had committed suicide when he was barely 11, it was never far from Cat's mind. No one has cancer, the doctor answered. He flexed his green eyebrows, but he didn't add more. Like the security guard, Cad knew Dr. Milkison. The doctor had been the one to deliver him 31 years ago, but Cad couldn't read the doctor as well as he could read Grayson, so he turned to his brother. Tell me what happened, Cad first pushed. Grayson mumbled something on her back. Ow, what if I knew where to start? The beginning's usually a good place. Cad's stomach was churning now, the acid blistering his throat, and he just wanted to know the truth. All right. Grayson took a deep breath and stepped to the side. Cad saw it then. The clear bassinet on rollers, the kind they used in the hospital nursery. He walked closer and looked inside. There was a baby, and it was likely a girl, since there was a pink blanket snuggled around her. There was also a little pink stretchy cap on her head. She was asleep, but her mouth was puckered as if sucker sucking a bottle. What does the baby have to do with this? Cat asked. Everything. Two dice ago, someone abandoned her in the ER. Waiting room, the doctor's went. The person left her in an infant carrier next to one of the chairs. We don't know who did that because we don't have security cameras. Cat was finally able to release the breath he'd been holding. So this was job-related. They called him in because he was an FBI agent. But he immediately rethought that. Abandoned baby isn't a federal case. Cat, Cat clarified, though Grayson already knew that. Cat reached down and brushed his index finger over a tiny dark curl that peeked out from beneath the cap. You think she was kidnapped or something? When neither the doctor nor Grayson answered, Cat looked back at them. Anger began to boil through. Did somebody hurt her? No, the doctor quickly. There wasn't a scratch on her. She's perfectly healthy, as far as I can tell. The anger went as quickly as it came. Cat had handled the worst of cases, but the one thing he couldn't stomach was anyone harming a child. I called Grayson as soon as she was found, the doctor There was no amber alerts, no reports of missing newborns. There wasn't a note in her carrier, only a bottle that had no prints, no fibers, or anything else to distinguish it. Cat lifted his hands, palma. That's a lot of no's. What do you know about her? Because he was sure this was leading somewhere. Darkerman Milkison glanced at the bit. We know she's about three or four days old, which means she was abandoned either the day she was born or shortly after. She's slightly underweight, barely five pounds, but there was no hospital bracelet. We have no other way to identify her, so we ran a DNA test two days ago when she arrived and just got back the results. His explanation stopped cold and his attention came back to Cad. So did Grace. Cad, she's yours. Cad leaned in because he was certain he misheard what his brother said. Excuse me? The baby is your daughter, Grayson clarified. Because that was the last thing Cat expected to come from his brother's mouth. It took several seconds to sink in. Okay? More than several. And when it finally registered in his brain, it didn't sink in well. All the air vanished from the room. That's impossible. Cat practically shouted. The baby began to squirm from the noise. Cat's reaction was just as abrupt. What the devil was going on here? He wasn't a father. Heck, he hadn't been in a relationship in nearly two years. Grayson groaned and tipped his head to the ceiling. Not impossible according to the DNA. Cad did some groaning as well and would have 
bit out of denial or two, but the baby started to cry. Grayson looked at Cat as if he expected him to do something, but Cat was too stunned to move. Grayson huffed, reached down, gently scooped her up, and began to rock. The DNA test has to be wrong, Cat concluded. But he stared at that tiny crying face. She did have dark hair, like the Rylands. The shape of her face was familiar to, similar to his own niece, but all babies looked pretty much the same to him. I had the lab run two genetic samples to make sure, the doctor interjected. And then Grayson put the results through a bunch of databases. Your DNA was already in there. Yeah, Cad knew his DNA was in the system. Most federal employees were. That didn't mean the match had been correct. Who's the baby's mother? Cad demanded. Because whoever she was, all of this wasn't adding up. A baby who just happened to match an FBI agent's DNA? His DNA? A bottle with no fingerprints, and the baby had been abandoned at the hospital in his hometown, where his family owned a very successful ranch. All of that couldn't be a coincidence. We don't know the identity of the child's mother, the doctor answered. We didn't get a database match on the maternal DNA. That did even more to convince Cat that this was some kind of setup. But then he rethought that. Most people didn't have their DNA recorded in a law enforcement system unless they'd done something to get it there, like break the law. Since you haven't mentioned the girlfriend, Grayson Kennedy continued, we're probably looking at the results of a one-night stand. Don't bother to tell me you haven't had a few of those. He had. Cad couldn't deny there had been one or two, but he'd always taken precautions. Always. The same as he had in his longer relationships. Think back eight to nine months ago. Grayson prompt. I already checked the calendar you keep on the computer at the ranch, and I know you were on assignments both months. Cad forced himself to think and do the math. He could dispel the entire notion of the baby being his if he could figure out where he'd been during that critical time. It took some doing, but he picked through the smeared recollections, recollections of assignments, reports, and briefings. The nine-month point didn't fit because he'd done surveillance in a van. Alone, but eight and a half months ago, he'd been in San Antonio, days into an undercover assignment that involved the Fulbright Fertility Clinic, facility that was also into all sorts of nasty things, including genetic experiments on embryos, questionable surrogates, and illegal adoptions. Cad froze. What? Grayson, you remember something? Oh, yeah, he remembered something. Cad squeezed his eyes shut a moment. I teamed up with a female deep cover agent, a Jan, we called them. She already had established ties with someone who worked in the clinic, so we partnered up. We posed as a married couple with fertility issues so we could infiltrate the clinic. We were literally locked in the place for four days. Kat had been on more than a dozen assignments since the Fulbright case, details of them all bleeding together, but there was one Texas-sized detail about that assignment that stood out. Brie, the toughest nails petite brunette with the olive green eyes. During those four days they worked together. She'd been closed mouthed about her personal life. Heck, he knew hardly anything about her. And what he did know could have been part of the facade of a deep cover agent. We didn't have sex, Cad mumbled. Though he had thought about it a time or two. Posing as a married couple, they'd been forced to sleep in the same bed. And put on a show of how much they loved each other. That must be someone else then, Grayson insisted. Alice Marks, Kate. Cadman had put the timing is wrong, because I saw Alice just a couple months ago, and she definitely wasn't pregnant. Everything inside Cad went still, but something else came to him. It couldn't be that, could it?
Jane, Agent, and I posed as a couple with fertility problems, and the doctors at the full bite clinic had me provide semen. Category. Got the doctors have used it to impregnate the mother. Grace asked. I'm not sure. Maybe. Cat continued. The investigation didn't go as planned. Something went wrong. Someone at the clinic drugged us, and we had to fight our way out of there. But maybe during that time, we were drugged. They used the semen to make her pregnant. The doctor sure said, If the birth mother was an agent, then why wasn't her DNA in the system? It was Grayson who answered. If she wasn't deep cover ops, a JN, they don't enter those agents' DNA into the normal law enforcement databases. The, bur the Bureau doesn't want anyone to know they work for the FBI. His brother's right. The odds were slim to none that Special Agent Bree Winston's DNA would be in an auto, any database other than the classified one at FBI headquarters in Quantico, Virginia. Cad forced his eyes open, and his gaze immediately landed on the baby that Grayson was holding. The newborn was awake now, and she had turned her head in his direction. She was looking at him. Cad saw hard. He felt the punch, and it nearly robbed him of his breath. The doctor was right. He should have sat down for this. The love was there, instant and strong, deep in his heart and in his gut. He knew the test had been right. This was his baby, his little girl. Even though he had no immediate plans for fatherhood, that all changed in an instant. He knew he loved her, would do whatever it took to be a good father to her. But he also knew she'd been abandoned. That left Cad with one big question. Where was her mother? Where was Bree? And by God, something had gone on at the clinic. Why hadn't she told him? Why had she kept something like this a secret? Cad pulled in his breath, hoping it would clear his head. It didn't, but he couldn't take the time to adjust to the bombshell that had just slammed right into him. He leaned down and brushed a kiss on his baby girl's cheek. She blinked and she stared at him, trying to figure out who the heck he was. Take care of her for me, Cad said to his brother. I'll be back as soon as I can. Grayson nodded and stared at him. You know where the mother is? He shook his head. Cat had no idea, since he hadn't heard anything from her since that assignment eight and a half months ago at the Fulbright Clinic. Right now, he was sure of only one thing. If the baby was here and Bree wasn't, that meant she was either dead or in big trouble. Cat had to find Bree. Fast. End of chapter one.